0: Game. Many levels in this game. Level success. hey guys what is up everybody this is this little chemical this is i see things a little differently uh uh, we did not discuss this but for those of you guys that um have listened for the last three years thank you but you guys know the mo you guys know on the rare opportunity where we have two major pay-per-views or two pay-per-views from both major companies We usually split the show in half, so you get one part on Sunday, the first part, and the second part on Monday. And for those of you guys who have been DMing me about the match of the month, that happened last week. I dropped it early in response to all-in pay-per-view, so there will be, that was technically the match of the month for September. just came out a week early to coincide with the all-in pay-per-view. So now that that's out of the way, I know you guys want me to talk about the thing that has developed even more now. And I do have, and and it's funny because when I dropped that episode last week and said I didn't want to talk about it, I had a feeling more, um, uh, more news would come out. It did. It's big news. But I want to dedicate this first part to WWE because they did have a pay per view last night. It was called Payback, and Triple H booked it very much like a NXT Black and Gold pay per view. We only had six matches. They all went pretty long in length and, and were given time. And um, stories were stories were furthered. And I thought overall it was a decent show. You know, It, it was definitely a B-level show. Without a shadow of a doubt, it was a B-level show. Um, but look here. It's, those are, those are going to happen. You have 12 pay-per-views a month. Now all of them could be A shows. Let's get into it. The pay-per-view started off with Becky Lynch versus Trish Stratus in a blow-off steel cage match. Trish Stratus' first steel cage match in her career. As it, as it, essentially, this has been the year for Trish to, to knock everything off her bucket list that she wants to do. And I thought these women went out there and had a really good steel cage match. Um, I enjoyed it. you know, Even with just Zoe Sark interference and stuff, it really put Becky Lynch over. It puts Zoe Stark over, Trish Stratus just still got it, you know, um, her coming back and having these, even the, like, if you think about the matches she's had with the newer talent or more modern day talent, excuse me, she's actually had her, her kick-ass match with Charlotte Flair a few years ago SummerSlam, which was good, and even though the matches with her and Becky were really, truly just stretching things out for to this ultimate moment, um, I do think the payoff was good because this steel cage match was awesome. Um, and in the end, where uh, she was blaming Zoe Stark for the loss, and Zoe ended up in the... First of all, I wish. I'm glad Zoe Stark got a rub from both Becky and. And I hope she gets a push. Her her move set is awesome. Um, I believe she can talk. Like I don't know if you guys watch any of her stuff in NXT, but that that move she hit Trish with was her finishing move. That is a fantastic finishing move. So she flips and does a knee. It's just, it's just an awesome move. But um, yeah, it's one of those situations where it just. Now that Becky moves on. I don't know where Becky goes from here because the women's divisions in both companies are in uh, eh, at best. So I'm curious to see where both these women go, move on. But I hope Zoe doesn't get lost. Just in the mix, in the in the, in the shuffle, because I think she can be a potential star. I really do. I, like, I really do like her a lot. The Miz versus LA Knight, just for you guys who didn't know, John Cena was the host of Payback, and he made himself the special guest referee for the Miz versus LA Knight. All this was just to give LA Knight the rub. Um, And Miz had a, had a promo off, and they argued with each other, and um, Miz ends up, and I think Miz and LA Knight ended up having a decent match as well. You know, I think it was one of the better L.A. Knight matches. L.A. Knight, let me tell you something. L.A. Knight, the more he works, do you still see some slips here and there. It's just because it feels like Eli, uh, I'm about to call him Eli Drake, but L.A. Knight, it feels like Knight, um, it's like sometimes he moves a little too fast. He could probably execute the things he wants to execute, like the jumping on the rail and clotheslining or jumping on the top rope. I feel like he can execute those things. Excuse me. I feel like he can execute those things if he slowed down a little bit. But I thought even Miz pulled some new moves out of his bag where it's like he hits him with a DDT that, that kick to the knee and the DDT and then he rolls him over and he actually did new... I, I thought that was a nice little move for Miz. Um, at this point in Miz's career, this is what he's about and this is what he's been doing for a longest time. That's why he got a second transitional world title run. Um, I've never been a big fan of Miz, but it's just because um, I just don't like his style. Not that he is a, a boring style or a weaker style, I just... just it's not for me, you know, um, but I think it's I think he does his job. Well, I think he goes out there and does his best to make sure other people get put over. Look here, even if WWE had credentials and rules to be in their Hall of Fame, if we're being honest, there's no rules of being in any Hall of Fame. If they're made up by people who just decide they like somebody or not, let's just get that out the fucking way. But Miz, no matter what, is a WWE Hall of Famer. Two time WWE champion, what seven time intercontinental champion. Um, at one point in time, excuse me, and the reason I'm letting these yawns out is because I keep fighting them, and the more you fight them, the worse they keep trying to come up. So I'm hoping that to, to get them all out. Um, so, excuse me, sorry. Um, but at one point in time, I thought they were going to try having break the uh, Chris Jericho record because I think Jericho is technically a ten time intercontinental champion, nine in WWE, one in New Japan. But I thought they were actually building him up for that, but I don't think he needs it. Like he's been a US champion, tag team champion, money in the bank winner. Um But Miz does his job well. You know, and this was a nice few just to get LA Knight going. And and is you know what? Here's the thing about LA Knight, or here's the thing about certain people. You see certain people like and I think people forget this. There's sometimes with some people in WWE, they get a bunch of squash matches. And that's the way they get booked up and that's how they get to to, the, to their main event spot or whatever spot they're gonna be like if you think about Ryback Ryback actually didn't wrestle anybody he, he wrestled a lot of squash matches and maybe a few people here and there but until he got to that main event with CM Punk and he lost for the most part the, the, the list of names that Ryback actually wrestled is very small I feel like LA Knight is gonna go through this universe mode where he, he's feuding with people like The Miz and whoever else, McCard. Because right now, I think they clearly have plans for that U.S. title. I believe the ultimate plan is to get that U.S. title on Santos Escobar, a heel Santos Escobar. Um, and that's why he didn't get the U.S. title. And so right now, he's on SmackDown. There's no other titles to go for. you know. And even if he was on Raw... Right now, the story they're telling with with him and with with Chad Gable and the Intercontinental title, I feel like the ultimate goal is to get the Intercontinental Intercontinental title on Chad Gable. Now, he's not winning it uh, Monday night, tomorrow night, because Gunther has only six days, and he breaks the Honky Tonk Man's record, so that record's gone now. Honky Tonk Man will have to find something new to, uh, you know, think about. But I do believe, like, there's no titles for him to go through, for, you know, so it's best of him just wrestling, getting his skills better, and he will win a title. And here's the thing also. If we're being real, I I, I don't know what their ultimate plans are. Or if I would like to see Damian Priest win the world title, even if it's just for like a month or two run, that would be huge. Because I think that's why you create this world title, so you can see how people do with it, right? And I do think LA Knight can be, within a, a year, be... The new world champion. I do. I really do. It's best to take your time with him. He's gonna stay over. He he can talk. Uh, he can talk forever. It's best just. To, but he. But I do believe you have to continue to build him up. And I think matches like this will help him. This was like, this was this was not a bad match. You know. It's just that people have to care about Mitt, the the person. Not many people care about the Miz. Even though, but Miz does a good job though. So I think as he moves up this universe mode, the more people he wrestles at air quotes no air quotes continue no air quotes matter to people and that sounds really harsh but i'm not trying to be mean you guys i think you guys know what i'm saying the more he moves up the more then people will say okay we gotta do something with this guy because that's the thing The main these main event slots are kind of taken right now and i do think something they did tonight with cody will be the reason he will be able to then transition over to smackdown and get a shot at the wwe championship but overall not not a bad match The United States Championship was on the line. Rey Mysterio defended against Austin Theory. I have not seen someone be able to bump bump for Rey Mysterio like this in a very long time. And Austin Theory was the right guy. And I will say this. I know uh, Vince McMahon really wants Austin Theory to be taken serious as a threat. But as Austin Theory told uh, Chris Van Vliet, John Cena told him, I don't believe anything you do. I don't believe him either. He just doesn't come off as believable, man. When he talks, it, it's, it sounds very forced. It doesn't sound like him at all. When he was doing that, it was goofy shit. I understand it was goofy shit. I know you can't stay that way forever. You have to evolve. But that stuff in the way seems very natural. I think you need to take whatever that natural was in the, in the way and translate that to what he does as a heel. I feel like, and once again, it's just different. It's just it's just a whole different ball game. But I believed him in, in the way. And I think you can always transition that goofy shit into heel shit. I do, uh, but no one's been able to bump for Rey Mysterio like this for a very long time. Rey Mysterio, that's the thing you kind of forget is when you had Rey Mysterio versus Psychosis, Rey Mysterio versus Juventud Guerrero, Rey Mysterio versus Demonenko, Rey Mysterio versus Eddie Guerrero. I can go on and on and on. Those guys could bump around from and made his moves look even more impactful as he took those moves, as he took big moves from those guys, and. I thought this was a decent match as well. Uh, the right person won. Austin Theory, does not, Austin Theory has dominated the United, that United States Championship for a better part of a year. He did nothing with it. He literally defeated John Cena with it. Did nothing with it. Not saying it's his fault, but it's clear that they don't know what to do with Austin Theory in this particular role that he's in. So, it's best that Ray Mysterio kept that title. Because it's clear I think Escobar is turning heel and, getting, and is going to be the one to get that U.S. title. In the match of the night, for the undisputed WWE World Tag Team Championships, the team that defeated perhaps the greatest tag team in WWE history, for sure the longest-running tag team champions in history, Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn, went two on five <laughs> against a judgment day, even though technically it was Finn Balor and Damian Priest, in a Pittsburgh street fight, because they were in Pittsburgh. And... This match was what would make Terry Funk proud as uh, Kevin Owens wore a Terry Funk shirt. I'm not gonna recap any of this shit because it was so crazy. You have Kevin Owens doing swan time bombs off the fucking uh, stairway. You, you, you have uh, JD McDonough taking one of the most heinous sounding bumps I've ever heard in my life. You have so many things that just were fantastic here. I will say this at one point in time it got during the match it got to the point where like kevin owens and sammy Zayn kept prevailing kept prevailing kept prevailing kept prevailing kept prevailing i finally said to myself this is like right before the ending of the match so i didn't know who i still didn't know who was gonna win and i was like yo if the judgment day loses with this much interference they just buried them in many ways like i get kevin owens gimmick is to keep fighting but jesus christ give me a fucking break here so think about this and, his, and he, the near falls were so perfectly done. And I will say this, watching enough WWE, watching enough TV in general, also just, i said this on this show before, when, when you study writing like myself and you study like uh, camera and t, uh, television production and stuff and you've, and you've worked in television production like I have, you just get to know that when when things are over and when they're not over, just by the camera, what by what way camera set up and stuff like that. Don't get me wrong, in these wrestling shows, especially AEW, you miss a lot of shit. That those are just producer and director errors, more so director errors than anything. But you have one spot where uh, you think it's so because Dom was the one who got first of all Dominique Mysterio for all the shit that everyone gives him about how he can't win a match on his own. He saved the Judgment Day all night long. He was by far the MVP, as everyone's been saying, because he did everything he could to help his, his, his team prevail. So you can't say Dominic Mysterio does not do his part because he does. Um, so after Mysterio gets hit with a, a swan time from Kevin Owens, now you have um, Damian Priest in the ring. He takes the stunner, takes the huluva kick, He's down. Zayn has a pin. JD McDonough saves Damian Priest. He yells at Damian Priest. I told you, I told you, I told you. He turns around and Kevin Owens does a pop up power bomb onto the table that does not break. It sounded fucking awful. I don't know how JD McDonough was even standing at the end of that fucking thing. It was, it was fucking ridiculous. Then, all of a sudden, as soon as Kevin Owens does that, I've nowhere Rhea Ripley's. Fears him. Mind you, Rhea Ripley had not had her match yet. And she was wearing China inspired thing. So, congrats, so that was pretty dope. She does a spear on Kevin Owens through the guardrail. And I was like, holy shit. Like, literally all judgment days now. Though, and this this is when I had that thought in my mind. These fuckers losing now. I don't know what to say. All of a sudden, uh, Finn Balor and Sami Zayn are ones in the ring. Sami Zayn hits a hell a hell of a kick. I call it a hell of a kick for some reason. I less like the name better. He has, a, he has a hell of a kick to Finn Balor. He goes for the pin out of nowhere, and that, this is what I, I kind of figured. It, I, I still didn't think it was over because the way the camera was panned. All of a sudden, Dominic Mysterio with the money in the bank briefcase nails Sami Zayn. Finn Balor puts his arm over top. The three count in Judgment Day literally has all the gold that they <laughs> that they need on WWE television right now, you have the the world champion, Seth Rollins. You have Gunther's Intercontinental Champion. Outside of that, you have the tag team champions, Judgment Day. North American champion, Judgment Day. Women's champion, Judgment Day. And this is the ultimate crescendo for the Judgment Day. This will be their magna opus as this group now will come down and begin the descent of... Which they've already began, but... It will, begin, it, will, it will continue to go now even more so into the stint of uh, breaking up. But this will be their ultimate moment as a team. And now Damian Priest is a tag team champion, former United States champion. Finn Balor adds more gold to his legendary career. Tag team champion, U.S. champion, intercontinental champion, the first ever universal champion. So, like, this was just an amazing... Uh, a look, but this was an amazing match. I know Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn tried to make those tag team championships mean something. The reality is the tag team division in this company is shit. Think about this. During their run, the the, the Owens and Zayn run, the Usos were pretty preoccupied with the Bloodline story. So they were technically after they lost again, they were out. Then... The New Day got injured. So they're done for a majority of this run. You're the Viking Raiders. you had uh Alpha Academy. They fought... They, they, their teams. But they've been fighting each other. And you could have put... Uh, Imperium in there, but... You know, they, they, they beat them. But... That's pretty much it. For tag teams. So... I know they. I know they wanted to do some special things. It just wasn't meant to be. But this match was a hell of a way to go out. I'll say that. The Grayson Waller effect. The show we had Cody Rhodes join because they had nothing for him to do. Because reasons. And this might have been the thing that will get us to Cody versus Roman. And now, depending on where this goes, which I, I'm about to give you my opinion on it. I don't think. Cody actually needs to win the Rumble. I think he's got his main event shot to the to WrestleMania because of this moment right here, which is a very unique thing they've done. I, l- I actually liked what they've done here, and essentially, he's put himself in the Bloodlines business because he was asked to, but also it's going to benefit him. So, Cody Rhodes and Grayson Waller are having a, a, ma- uh, a conversation, and Cody Rhodes cuts to the quit. He says, hey, I know people think we're going to fight. We're not going to do that. But I asked to come on your show because I have a big announcement. And that big announcement is this, is put my chips on the table. I have used uh, some of the stroke that I have to make something happen for somebody. And I hope I don't regret this. And he says, you know, I'm a member of the SmackDown roster. I mean, I'm a member of the Raw roster. And so I have a new addition to the Raw roster to announce. At first, I thought he was announcing that he was going to be on SmackDown. I was like, oh, shit, okay, this is random. But then he said no. He said the newest member of the Raw roster is main event Jey Uso. Jey Uso came out to a massive pop. And Grayson Waller said, dude, you've been gone for two weeks. (laughs) That was a great fucking line. And all of a sudden, he goes to talk some more. Grayson Waller does, and he he went to talk just in order to take a fucking super kick. So, (laughs) there you go. And, um... And now you have Jey Uso, and on the the main event Jey Uso, by the way, which by the way, I'm still searching for a figure because I have a Jimmy Uso figure, I don't have a Jey Uso figure, I need a Jey Uso figure. And yes, for those of you guys asking me, this is so fucking random, but since I said a figure it reminded me, I will talk about, um... I need to find a time to do that, actually. Because I actually had a segment I had been I had been recording and planning out. It was like a new what-if thing I'm doing. I was going to do for like three weeks in a row and see how you guys liked it. And essentially, it was going to talk about the I, I've, rec- I've recorded week one already. But essentially, it was like talking about the biggest what-ifs in wrestling. And I'll give my take on what if something would happen. And I would talk about my thoughts of what it would happen afterwards. I was going to do it this week. Um, I think I'm not going to do that this week, though. Because um, I was going because one we have, the, we have the episode split into two, and two um, I don't know how long I'm going to talk about the CM Punk thing. Um, I, I, at the end of this, I do want to talk about what happened at uh, Collision last night. I do want to get into that a little bit, um, but I don't know. As depending on how long I go, I may still attach that to the the second part of the episode. But we'll see because the second part of the episode. Is, probably not gonna be recorded until late 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 night once i've seen all out i, I and yes for the for those of you guys asked me what the developments of last night i still don't want to i still don't want to pay 50 bucks for that i'm not gonna lie to you just don't even with all the dope developments i just have no interest but anyways um so to me and, and cody rose the key words with cody were i hope i don't regret this and you see Jey Uso. And Cody, after what they've been through, after the Usos, essentially, I know Solo was the final shot, but the Usos had something to do with that, too. And Jay looked at Cody, gave respect, and Cody was just watching Jay. This has to be a calculated move, and in then in the to get Roman Reigns' attention. The Royal Rumble's not guaranteed. If, if, I think my from a strictly kayfabe, you know, um,. Hold on a second. My mom is calling me. Let me get her off the phone real quick. And I am so glad I took that phone call. This woman's fifty something years old. My mom, and she's going to see uh, Mission Impossible: Dead Reckoning. And she says, "Hey, do they have intermissions?" I'm like, who are you? Like, this is not, this is not the nineteen forties. What the? F- what are you talking about? Get off my phone. Intermission. I do know some IMAX theaters have intermission. I know the I went, I've only been to IMAX theaters twice. And it wasn't my decision, and I, I don't remember exactly the movies I even saw in IMAX theaters. I remember I had to drive like a fucking hour to get to one. Um, but I remember there was an intermission. I thought that was interesting. Anyway, so I do think this can be parlayed into Rain saying, "Hey, you didn't mind you. You need to mind your business. No one told you to accept Jay's call. No one told you this. You, you should have been acknowledging me because I already beat you." And it's going to get him in the mix. And then you have now you have hit a favor that he's done for Jay because Jay called him, from what I can tell. Jay didn't talk, Jay just super kicked Grayson Waller. But it seemed like that Jay called him and he used his political chips, air quotes, no air quotes, see no air quotes again, to in order to get Jay on to um, the Raw roster. So now this makes things very interesting. And now that rumor which we didn't talk about on this show. I heard on other shows, but I didn't talk about this. I didn't talk about this because I didn't know how this is going to work. But think about this. They've been wanting to push off Jey Uso versus Jim Uso until next year's WrestleMania, which will be WrestleMania 40, which is a long time away. Oh, that's a long time away. They even think they've been wanting to push this back for there. And people are like, there's no way they can do it. This is the way you do it. Because WrestleMania, well... <laughs> All seasons of WWE, the brand split actually does not fucking matter. Let's be real here. But that is the one specific season where nothing does matter. It's all throwing stuff to the wall. So you can have this Jimmy Uso versus Jey Uso match at WrestleMania next year because Jimmy will then try to come to Raw. He will be denied. And unless injuries happen or something, knock on wood, heavy, this can be kept till WrestleMania, actually. And for those of you guys that are asking, because we've had we've, I have been discussing it. I am heavily considering going to WrestleMania 40 just because I think the specter of it would be will be amazing. I also want to hit WrestleCon one more time, and after that I probably will never do it again. But I just want to hit it one more time just because I I had so much fun, you know, and and going to things other than WWE sponsored events where it's everything so regimented and tightly um, put together. And so, in some instances that's cool, but as a fan, and as a collector, and and here's the thing that sucks, and I said this j- just the other day to JT on the tribute episode on Wednesday, it kind of sucks being an adult collector, because people automatically think you're just trying to sell your shit, they don't, and, and not every wrestler does this, I need to make this perfectly clear, like when I met Edge, I had him sign this two-pack, it was a two-pack I found randomly, it was of uh, old Jack-specific, um... Two pack that never I didn't know existed. But it was of edging Christian, doing having the props and for the benefit of those flash photography, that type of stuff. And I remember I was going to uh Comic Con in Houston, I can't remember the name, and Christian was gonna be there. And I told this story before, I'll tell it again real quick. And uh Christian um was there and I just so happened to be looking for something. I was looking for something, I was looking for my Hellboy. Because Ron promo was going to be there. And I found that I said, hell yeah, I'm going to get Christian to sign this shit, you know. So Christian signed that and that's why I had Edge signed. So it's like signed by Edge and Christian, so that's pretty cool. But anyways, um, yes, I, I am thinking about, I'm heavily, heavily, heavily considering going. Especially since All Out won't be what All Out used to be. Um, I don't have the desire to do All Out anymore, just being honest. I will say some of the jazzbird figures that they announced are fucking fire. I'm way off topic right now, but have you guys seen that Ringside Collectibles um, uh, exclusive of uh, the acclaimed and Daddy Ass? That thing looks fire. I'm definitely picking that up. Um, I know now with the situation that we're gonna talk about tomorrow, uh, I'm sure their their merchandising has been getting hit, dude. It just has. Whether it was a video game cover or Keith um, what I have so many things to talk about tomorrow about AEW. Anyways, let's let's move on from that. The point of this is is that this is the way to get Cody back in the mix. And now Cody doesn't know and now Cody's look here, forgiving guy. He's forgiven Jay, he's moved on from it, he still wants to finish his story, you know, and now Jay has asked him for a favor and maybe Jay can be the one and remember what I said even though it's it's going to be a year late. I said the super kick, if there's going to be something that costs Roman Reigns the title, it should be a super kick from Jay. That is still on the table now, where it could be a main event next year, WrestleMania Night 2. Roman's about to go for the spear. Jay Uso's foot hits his face into a crossroads. And wins. this could be the way they do it, instead of the normal conventional way of, you know... um, Royal Rumble or Elimination Chamber. That, that's an interesting thing. That's, that's an interesting proposition. In the pre, um, the uh, penultimate match, you have Rhea Ripley defending her World Women's Championship against Ra- Raquel Rodriguez. This was not a bad match. They've had better in NXT. But honestly, that was when Raquel was a heel. And, and the, the, the roles were swapped. Raquel's not really over. But Also, I'm not going to lie to you. I'm not a fan of her. I've never been a fan of her. But I'm not a fan of his face either. I think I have a problem with... with I, I, you know what? Growing up, and this is just PTSD. Growing up where you have a bunch of big men and they all just do the same thing all the time. It's power spot, power spot, power spot. It gets old. And I, it, you know what? I'm going to tell you a quick story. Another quick story. It was it was like a two-year span in my life. I think I told this before, but I, I don't know if I told it on here before. I think I told it on a different podcast. It was a two-year time span where my mom, for some reason... Two weeks out of the month, this woman would make fucking collard greens. So you have greens for a week. Then the next two weeks of the uh, of it, she would make spaghetti and meatballs. And it's like, what the blue hell is this? And I was old enough at the time to where I was now starting to work and make my own money. So now I'm like looking at leftover spaghetti from Monday. It's now Saturday. Nah, I'm good. Leftover greens from Monday. It's now Saturday. Nah, I'm good. <laughs> It was the same thing, and just got to the point where like now I've gotten away from all that stuff. So now if I I, I was never a big I was never a big spaghetti fan anyway, but now I enjoy greens when I eat them because um, it's it's been so long, you know. And it was not forced, but growing up with nothing but power spots or the same try to clothesline someone three times and blah blah blah. I'm still feeling that shit from the nineties, homie. Seriously, um, so I'm just not a big fan of it. I think Raquel has a hell of a look. And I think she can do. She showed what she can do when you put her in the ring with Rhea Ripley when she was a heel. So she, even though I'm not a fan of hers, she can go. But she's not over as a face. She's just not. She's won the women's tag team championships twice. They've meant nothing because they never. They had two week runs with them, whatever their runs were. But Rhea needs a Bianca or a Becky. You know, uh,. Because her run has been weak, but it's because her the women's division is weak. These people who are bookers do not know how to book these women. They just don't. So, I, I don't know what else to say. This match was it, was it was fine. You know? And the main event, Shinsuke Nakamura, in his first main event in his career on the main roster, challenged Seth Rollins for the World Heavyweight Championship. Seth Rollins got the win here in a serviceable match. The show went off the air weird and I know at the end of the night, uh, there's now fan footage of Seth Rollins getting attacked by Shinsuke Nakamura, so this feud looks like it's going to continue. They do have a pay-per-view, I believe it's October 7th, Uh I believe it's Fastlane. So it's a quick turnaround here, um, which I think, actually, isn't it the same weekend as the AEW pay-per-view now? So, like, I guess it's happening again, that's cool. Um, so quick turnarounds. But um, anyways, yeah, so that, that that's your card, essentially, uh, sorry, I veered off the road a couple times, but um, I thought overall it was a decent show. It reminded me of an NXT black and gold show. Now, I not mean as far as quality, but I mean as far as Triple H booking of it, longer matches, less matches. And I would even say the Grayson Waller effect didn't over, its welcome. It was very much shortened to the point, you know. um, I do think, I don't know, and his, 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 before I go on, on part one of this, I don't know what you do with Cody at this point. Because that whole storyline with him and Jay is not going to really run into effect until November, December, January. I guess it's not a long way. We're still two months, but it's going to be interesting. But I will say this. Now that we've seen this penultimate match from the Judgment Day, Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn, we don't need any more main events of this. We just don't. There's nothing else these seven people can do. There's nothing else. We have to move on. We have to. But either way, I will talk to you guys tomorrow. For the second part of the Monday show, that's what we're getting to. Everything AEW, everything you want to hear about the whole. We're not even gonna say the person's name because it's, you're here. You're here live tomorrow. Trust me. So, uh, I am the slow chemical. This is part one of your Monday show, but it'll be on Sunday. Hope you guys have a great day. Be safe.